And that's why I had to shoot him. Huh? What? Yeah, just as I thought, you weren't paying attention to me. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, my mind drifted off. Uh-huh. Click. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into why you need to be a great listener. I'll see you then. Listening skills. If you ask the average person, they would say that they are a good listener and that they are a good conversationalist. And yet and still, we learn that a lot of people are not good listeners. And I wish that it was something that was easy to do because I used to take it for granted that, oh, yes, I am a great listener. It wasn't until I was forced to learn how to listen um, and how to understand what was going on in the conversation or even in the situation that I, <laughs> I, I found out, yeah, good listening, you don't take it for granted because it takes work and it's an ongoing process. You know, now, <clears throat> the first thing I want to say is most people if you're really engaged in the conversation or the topic, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, then you're going to get some inspirations when people are talking, and you're want to going, you're want to going, you're going to want to interject and continue the conversation and make sure that you finish your point. And depending on who you're talking to, it might be a back and forth like that where you just interrupting each other before each other can finish talking, or you could be that person who is blessed with the gift of self-control when it comes to your thoughts, and you might be a little reticent about sharing, but that doesn't necessarily make you a great listener either. And so today, I want to just kind of give you some wisdom smacks that I've learned along the way, as well as some that uh, I've observed and some that I've, you know, continue to have to use as part of uh, what I do for a living. And so let's get into it. All right. So the first thing I want to say is, if you want to be a good listener, learn how to take a beat or a breath um, in between when someone is speaking. Okay. And the reason why I say that is that is going to give you an opportunity to reset yourself and actually preview what is trying to come up and out of your mouth. I mentioned this a little bit uh, yesterday in yesterday's podcast, um, and I want to bring it up again today because it is going to cause you to gain so much favor and leverage with people if you just learn to embrace the breath and don't be afraid of silence. Now, uh, studies have shown, and I'm probably going to get this number wrong because I'm trying to do it off the top of my head, uh, but studies have shown that um, silence, I think it's up to between four and six seconds becomes awkward. And if you realize that um, you feel awkward when there's silence, don't. You've got some, le- you got some leeway. You do. Um, take it a breath. Like that is about four seconds and it's not awkward, but it gives you time to consider what you're saying. Um, 
I read something where a lady who was learning to speak French, she's an um, American, and she was learning to speak French. And because she had to naturally pause to think about what was being said to her to make sure she was going to um, understand it and answer correctly, her French counterparts said that she was one of the most insightful and thoughtful people that they had ever, you know, had had conversations with. And she noticed that she didn't get that when she was speaking um, American English with other people. And it just went to um, strengthen the argument that taking a breath uh, before you speak, taking a pause, a beat, if you will, will kind will will make you even more um e- even more influential in your conversations and what people say about you. In the quintessential book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, he talks about something uh that is <laughs> you would think it's common sense and it's it it seems simple but people still don't get it. And what he says is When you give people the chance to talk, meaning you hold your tongue and you allow them to keep going, people begin to answer their own questions. And then in turn, you become perceived as a genius. Isn't that something? Just by pausing or not coming up with a a quick answer or a quick interjection, you begin to become perceived as a genius or a great confidant or a valuable person to um, be able to interact with. And I will say this, um, one of the things that I had to learn when uh, dealing with people and the art of listening and silence and all of that is that there is always some type of negotiation Uh, happening when you're having a dialogue or a conversation. Always. Just remember this. There's some type of negotiation. When I write um, dialogue in my my books and I write fiction, and if you want to find out who my alter ego is, check the show notes. I always put the links to uh, one of my pen names there, so you can check check that out. But what I always remember is something that I learned... um, an online class I took many years ago. And that was that in conversations that people find entertaining and valuable to listen in on or read in on, remember that each person speaking is trying to fulfill their own agenda. They are trying to negotiate to get what they want. And that's what drives the conversation. Now, at the time, that person said that wasn't really realistic, that that's not what people did in real life. But I beg to differ. And I beg to differ because of how we are doing so many different things when we're having a conversation. There are so many conversations happening at once. Um, There have been um, illustrations of uh, people who have had a conversation about coffee. And it wasn't about coffee. It was about the ending of their relationship leading to divorce. Um, So many different things and disappointments and expectations unfulfilled. And so there is always a negotiation happening. But if you are too busy trying to fill the void or trying to get your point across and you're only thinking about what you're going to say next, you are failing at the negotiations. And 
I'm going to say negotiations don't have to deal with one person losing uh, while another person wins. No, negotiations, when you're having these conversations, can um, be uh, a positive sum game where everybody wins and it can elevate or even evolve your relationship with a person. Let me um, take a, 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 a little uh, time to give you some things that will help you to uh, either start or stop, okay? And so what I want you to do is to become a better listener. I want you to understand that um, when you want to be able to grow as a person, one of the most precious things you can ever do for another person is to listen with the intention of understanding them. There was a um, a, a, a great statement that uh, was popular a few years ago, and it was, when interacting with people, always seek to understand instead of seeking to be understood. And it still holds true. That is a platitude that you cannot go wrong with when you're interacting with people and you are having a conversation with them, you know? So what that also does when you seek to understand, it it encourages you to engage every part of your being to listen and to observe and um, to glean information. I'm, I'm telling you, there are times when, when you're, when you're engaged in your listening, or as we call it in my, my, my field, active listening, you can hear the subtle uh, inflections of the voice, a flutter of a voice, a pause, a hesitation, a word choice that might gloss over if you're not able to do this type of thing of trying to really seek to understand where someone is coming from. A no, just a simple one-syllable no, can tell you a story that would take ages to write if you're engaged and you become a great listener. Now, if that's not enough, I'm going to tell you, not only being a great listener helps you to negotiate better and makes you a, a perceived genius by others, oh no, there are some other things that being a great listener will help you with, and that is that You'll be able to decode and to uh, deduce things that were always there or that you never noticed before. An entire new world will open up to you. Now, on this podcast, I've talked about uh, the need to strengthen your skills of observation and deducement. I've even talked about how to understand um, things on different levels, coding um, context, clues, uh, puzzles, and things like that. And I'm going to say that being a great listener is going to put you into that field. Um, there is this um, book um, about a great spy, um, a British spy, uh, and even his best friend who had known him since they were children, didn't know that he was a double agent for Britain and for um, Russia. Uh, at the, at the same time. And the friend never comes out and says it wasn't because I was a good listener. The friend only says that he was a great orator. And I was like, you know what? Are we really great orators? Because just like the um, 
eyes and the face will reveal things, so too will the voice. No matter how practiced you may be, there are times when that inflection at the end of something going up will mean something or the pause or even the anecdotal stories that you choose to tell. All of those things matter. And when you are astute and well-versed and engaged in listening, it will become like an open book where you can see. There's this old saying that says the heist is always coded. And uh, it, uh, it, it, it's, it goes to lend that when people want to pull the wool over someone's eyes, when they want to do something, um, they try to code it where it is in plain sight, but you can't see it. But I will say this, when you learn how to engage your sensual perceptors, whether, not whether, but I'm, I'm talking the five that we know and some that we don't realize or give credence to. Um, Blink <laughs> by Malcolm Gladwell is uh, a pretty good illustration of some of the uh, senses that we take for granted, that gut knowing, you know, those types of things. When we allow ourselves to be able to slow down and regain, you know, self-control over ourselves to listen and take in uh, what's being presented, a whole new world opens up because people tend to share deep truths when they're truly allowed to speak or when they sense that someone is actually listening. The timber of a voice can denote deep things that it would take a, a therapist years to help this person discover and uncover. And so it is more worth uh, the value of uh, taking the time to engage and learn these things than, than anything else. There are certain times when people have had conversations and uh, <clears throat> the other, the person on the other side is like, well, why didn't you ever tell me? And their response is, is I told you all the time, you just weren't listening. And so if you've ever been accused of that, I want to help you with something now, a, a wisdom smack that will hopefully help you when you are trying to reform um, a relationship, build a bridge, a gap or, or, or whatever. <clears throat> and um, it's this and that there are different two, two major ways that people take in information on how they listen and how they think. And so I'm going to tell those to you real quick and then help help you understand how to uh, fix it depending on which side you're on. Okay. So we have inferred and literal listeners and thinkers. Uh, so if I were to ask you a question like, do you have a name? And I just wait and you give me an answer. So I'm going to ask you that now and you give me an answer. Do you have a name? All right. So now Whatever you've answered will hopefully let you know how you are thinking at this particular time. And I'll say that because just because you answered that question in one way does not mean that that is the only way you listen. It just might mean that in specific things, you listen a certain way as opposed to another. All right. So if when I ask if you have a name and you answered yes, that meant that you were literally listening. You were listening to the words. You were listening to the context of the words as 
do you have a name? Yes. And the best way I can say this is that um, kids, like in the age group of between four and seven, are the best people to get an illustration of a literal listener and thinker. Because if you ask most children in that uh, age group, do you have a name? They're going to say yes. Okay. So the other way of listening and learning or processing information is going to be if you answer it this way. Do you have a name? It's Michelle. Okay. If so, if you if I ask you, do you have a name and you supply me with your name, you're going to be on the inferred side of listening and learning. And that is you take what is asked and then you process it to come up with the real question, quote unquote, that's being asked. And that gets into uh, multiple layers and it gets into subtext, context, and those types of things. And so, like I said before, it does not mean, depending on how you answer that question, that you're always going to be inferred or literal. It simply means that at that particular time, that's how you're processing. And so because of that, I want to encourage you when you're having a conversation with someone and take this opportunity to, uh, you can look at it in totality, but if if you want to just start uh, dipping your feet in the water, Look at how you handle questions from people. Um, Did you have a good day today? And if you say yes and leave it at that, you're literal. I have friends who are literal and I hate to say it, it drives me up a wall. I always have to tell them, no, I need details (laughs) because I tend to be inferred. Now, one is not superior over the other. They both have their pros and cons. Trust me when I say this, because literal listeners and thinkers are going to answer the facts. They're going to be straightforward and they're going to be very logical. Whereas inferred people are going to take what you've asked and then they're going to put a filter over that to say, oh no, what you really are asking is this. And the I hope that you can see that on both sides, you can have some major problems. So what if you're having a relationship with someone and you're asking them, how was your day? And they say, it was good. And you are an inferred listener learner and you're waiting and they keep going on about their business. (laughs) That's going to give you some problems, especially if it's a romantic relationship where what you're really saying is interact with me and share with me what your day was like. I want to be a part of it. So bring me up to speed. Give me the details. Whereas if you are a literal listener and learner and you ask someone, how was your day today? You're expecting them to tell you good or bad. You don't want to hear all the other crap. You're like, oh my God, they just keep going on and on and on. I just asked them how their day was. I didn't want to hear everything about it. You see what I'm saying? So it can be a little different, but learning these different ways of approach can help you in becoming a great listener because like I said the heist is coded mean well I I don't know if I said this before but there's a famous saying that says the heist is always coded and the heist meaning what someone is trying to get out of a relationship 
in this context, out of a relationship or trying to get over in a relationship. So here's a famous one. Men accuse women in their heterosexual interactions, relationships. Men say when they ask women, um, are, uh, are you all right or are you okay? And if the woman replies, I'm fine, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to know what that means, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> and so learning to be a uh, be versatile, to be both sides is going to help. Uh, and when I say the heist is always coded, look and see the ways people interact with you and the word choices that they use. So a literal listener learner is going to have uh, matter of fact statements. They're going to get to the point. They're going to say what they mean and they're going to pause for an answer. Whereas, uh, and this is not categorical, you can have uh, hybrids of the two. Okay, you can definitely jump back and forth. And actually, that is what is supposed to happen. So don't 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 write me saying, Michelle, that's not true or whatever. Okay, Um, you can write me and tell me, thank you. You know, you helped me learn something today and I'm this way or that way. I I love those. But anyway, uh, but if you are inferred listener learner, you're going to be very verbose with how you speak. You're going to paint word uh, canvases of color and you're going to uh, give explanations uh, about what you mean. You'll even ask things like, do you understand? Am I making sense? Those types of things because you're wanting to make sure that that person understands the different layers of what you are talking about. And those different layers include connection and that what you're doing is telling someone uh, things to connect with them on a deeper level. And so a lot of times, the deeper levels will include closeness, intimacy, and uh, um, connection where you are telegraphing to someone uh, your feelings for them. But the conversation may be about coffee. <laughs> okay. So be mindful of the type of person that you're talking to, how they take in information, and how they're taking in information for that particular conversation. If you are dealing with someone and uh, you're wanting to, like I said, have this conversation, connection with them, and everything you ask them, fine, I'm okay. Whereas you might think that they're being very short with you and you take it as they don't like me today or um, they're being nasty or rude with me today. It might be where they're just, they're, they're, they're not wanting to go that deep today. They might have other things on their mind today. Um, and so being a great listener would be where you, you stop peppering with the questions and um, you, you know, just say, well, you know, how, you know, is there anything you'd like to um, talk about today? And if they say no, then fine. But if they do, then let them talk. And then you will start to get a better understanding because sometimes people just need to warm up. They, 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 they've had a bad day. You've hit them at the wrong time or 
you know, whatever. But what I'm saying is, is learning the difference of inferred and literal listening and learning is going to help you become a great listener. So in the last few minutes that we have together, I want to talk to you about some things with regards to listening for your advantage. Okay. So when you're having a conversation with someone, remember I said that, uh, Conversations are usually negotiations of people trying to get what they want to accomplish out of it. Uh, for some people, the negotiation that's going on is I want to is simply I want to spend time with you, and I'm going to do that by just talking about trivial, friv- frivolous things. For another person, it might be I'm trying to find out information about you because I want to know if I can trust you. Another one might be I want to have a conversation with you because I want to know how useful or valuable you're going to be to me, and if I should waste my time being quote unquote, chummy with you or not. You know, so different people have different things. And every time you have a conversation with someone, even if you're just shooting the breeze and chit-chatting, it is still a negotiation. Okay. So the first thing I want you to do when, uh, for your advantage, uh, in this listening, I want you to listen for the context, the metaphors chosen and the anecdotes told. See, the context is going to be Who is really saying this? Is this something that this person believes? Remember yesterday I talked about having a stable opinion or a solid opinion. Is this something the person believes? Is this their opinion? Are they regurgitating something they've heard? Are they speaking something that uh, has come to them and they are part of the sheep uh, regurgitating a message? Uh, Or is this... When, I, when we talk about context, does this person, is this an original thought? Is this a regurgitated thought? Is this something that is on a surface level or is it a heist? You know, many different things going on at the same time to get something out of you. So consider the context in which it is being spoken and exactly what are you talking about? There are many conversations that happen where people are talking about two different things and they're having a complete conversation. Going back again to the conversation about the couple having coffee or talking about coffee, but they were really talking about the ending of their relationship. Okay. The next thing is, like I said before, the metaphor is used. The way people use metaphors is also contextual. And when I talk about context in this regard, I'm talking about the proximity. What is um, the thing closest to it? What is this in regards to? Uh, What is the topic or the uh, subject propelling their metaphors? If you're talking to someone and every metaphor they use is about cars, then they are relatively close to or have an admiration for cars. And if you want to get to know them, then they're they're telling you how to get to know them. If someone uses um, metaphors that are varied and they don't stick to one topic, you're looking at someone who is well-versed in social interaction and they like to have a kaleidoscope of uh, events and topics. They're usually going to be well-read. And it goes on and on and on. And then the next one is, what anecdotes do they tell you? Do they tell you personal stories of their life or do they tell you stories of other people? people's lives. A lot of times when you have people who are able to have a mix of personal as well as uh, stories of others, they tend to actually be good conversationalists and they pay attention. If you, and I am not saying that this is categorical, meaning that all the time, but if you have someone that all the, you know, anecdotal stories they tell you are stories of themselves, you might be dealing with a narcissist, not 
Don't don't go calling people that, but it'll ring true. You'll know. And likewise, if you hear people who the only anecdotal stories they tell you are of others, you might be dealing with a gossip, you know, so bear that in mind. The next thing is, is when you become a great listener, it's not that you're always quiet. It's that it's it's that you give yourself that that wonderful breath to take a beat to engage your sensual perceptors and your observation skills so that you can take in the jewels that their body language gives you uh, if you're able to see them or be in um, proximity of them, you'll be able to pick up things like deflection when they're trying to deflect to get off of a subject, uh, hesitation and stuttering, or even voice pattern padding, like the ums and the this and the that. I talk to a lot of people and they'll say something and I'm being quiet and I'm engaged in my listening and they'll pause and then they'll say, um, And then they'll pause again and then they'll say something else. And that gives me a wealth of knowledge because I understand that the way they are mentally processing what they want to say is that it takes them time to socially engage with people. Uh, It's not free flowing. And thus, I'm able to uh, mirror if I need to. And and that brings me into the next thing. And that is vocal inflections, pauses, and the typical typical layering that you'll find in chit-chatting and all of those types of things. They, They have many hidden messages. And what you can do as a great listener is you can mirror what the person is doing. If they talk slow and measured, you can do the same. If they talk a little bit more, you know, a little faster and they are very deliberate with their words and they use a lot of actions like I did, she said, and those types of things, it's going to give you a lot of information as well. And thus, when you take this time to do these things, you become perceived as a great influencer, a lovely person to have around and people will let down their guards and they will start to share more intimate things on a deeper level level with you and you will be a great confidant. So guess what, you guys? Yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I hope you go out there and you practice these things to become a great listener. If nothing else, take a beat and take a breath before you respond and think about what you're going to say. And as usual, don't forget to check the show notes and don't forget to use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ when I whenever you do any of your Amazon shopping. Thanks, and I'll see you tomorrow. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, Please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.